You are listening to the Voices of Riverview, a podcast celebrating the life and times of New Brunswick's largest town as it celebrates 50 years. I'm your host, Tosh Taylor, a longtime Riverview admirer interested in learning more. Welcome to the show. I'm Tosh Taylor. And on today's episode, we are chatting with Mike Miller. And Mike, you are the fullback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. Not only do you play in the CFL, but you are also a three-time Grey Cup champion, which is no easy feat. No, definitely. For a 13-year career, only getting to three or getting to four and only winning three is pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, let's talk about you. You were born and raised at Riverview. You were a Riverview Royal. You then went on to Acadia to play for the Axemen. So let's talk about uh, little Mike Miller and how football kind of came into the play. I, I, as a kid, I was just like, I just wanted to be active. So like I just basically joined everything. You know, I I started playing hockey at a young age, but I like any sport that there was available, I tried to at least try it or wanted to be involved in it. I uh, grew up in review and my cousin who was a few years older than me, I think 11 or 12 years older than me, I used to go to his football games and looking up to him and stuff, it, you know, piqued my interest. And then eventually my parents let me play. I think I was 12 or 13 and uh, it just kind of took off from there. So when you start football at 12 or 13, does that put you in the Moncton Football Association? Is that where you started? Yeah. Yeah. With uh, At the time it was the MFA, but now it's the GMFA. I played for the Peewee Review Lions and then the Bantam uh, Royals. Okay. I, I do have to wonder how quickly... Did you realize that, like, wow, okay, football is it? It took a while, I guess. I did, I never, I wasn't like highly recruited on a high school or anything like that either. So, like, I just didn't know. My parents didn't really have any idea of like the whole recruiting process or you know sending at the time DVDs out to you know teams and stuff. So they didn't really know. I didn't have a whole lot of guidance with that. So I didn't really know if I was going to get the chance to play at the next level. And then it just kind of came about that there was some interest. And where, when did the interest start? Did it start when you were a Royal or when you were at Acadia? So you get to university, it was at, with, the, with the Royals. There was some interest from a few universities. Um, I was actually planning on going to Quebec and playing in Egypt before I went to university. And then last minute got, a, got into Acadia and decided to go there instead. And then at Acadia, you know, I, I just you know, play my part as being a good teammate and, you know, had a, a fairly, you know, quick success. was fortunate to show up to Acadia and they kind of had a bit of a turnover. And uh, I was able to start my first game in university and play that whole season and ended up being, um, you know, the rookie, the rookie for the team that year. So rookie of the year. So I kind of got success pretty quick, but I didn't think I was doing anything out of the ordinary. I was just kind of doing what I'd always done. It wasn't until my head coach, uh, Jeff Cummins at Acadia, told me that, you know, if I wanted to pursue, you know, professional football, that, you know, there's there's a good chance there's an avenue there for me. Yeah, so that was probably, that was a realization. It was kind of shocking, too. I remember, I still remember sitting in his office being like, are you serious? Like, I didn't, I didn't ever have really any aspirations. I had aspirations to play professional whatever as a kid, but I didn't really expect it to come to fruition. Even when I got signed by Edmonton, because I was undrafted, me and my dad actually went to Acadia to take me home and we were cleaning up my locker 
um, at Acadia. And I was like, oh, like, I'm going to be back next year. I got another year of eligibility. Like, it'll be a good experience. And then my dad's like, oh, I don't think so. And I just at the same time kind of brushed it off. And, oh, yeah, just dad being dad. But, yeah, no, I, I never thought I'd probably be where I am. We kind of took it year to year. Wow. So what were you like, what were you taking in university? What was going to be the backup? Like, what was your intent for a career? Part of the reason why it was so hard for me at university is because like I didn't maybe pay as much attention to schooling as I did my sport activities when I was um, attending RHS. And uh, (laughs) yeah, so that was why I was going to have to maybe do education elsewhere. So Acadia got me in, I wanted to study kinesiology right out of high school. Like um, had aspirations to get into physiotherapy or something like that uh, or chiropractic. And, um, I couldn't get into kinesiology with the marks I had and they ended up getting me into sociology and they said, yeah, just take social for now. And, you know, you prove that you can, you know, do the, the workload and get your marks up and they'll let you transfer to kinesiology maybe next year, which didn't happen for a few years because I mean, it was a culture shock and, Again, I wasn't, I was more focused on football than anything. And uh, eventually to get into kinesiology though, after some hard work and actually putting my foot down in my studies, that was the road I was kind of leading towards was after kinesiology, um, getting into physiotherapy or chiropractic. I want to go back to like talking for a second about when you were playing as a Royal. Uh, It's something that has always kind of blown my mind is how supportive the town gets around around their sports teams, all of them in general. But there does seem to be something about that Royals football team that is a little bit more more magical. Maybe that's the magic of football. I'm not really sure what it is, but I can imagine going out on the field for them, maybe your first time, because, you know, growing up in Riverview, it is a big deal to become a Royal at some point, no matter what sport you're playing. And they do have that saying that, what, once a Royal, always a Royal. What was that kind of feeling like the first time, maybe the first homecoming or your first time on the field? It was definitely like you kind of get like that goosebumpy feeling like the first time. Like I remember playing peewee and bantam football and me and all my my buddies, we would go to the Royals games because it was always on a day that we didn't play. And we'd go there and we'd wear our jerseys and, you know, at the halftime, we'd go out and throw the ball and play football ourselves. Or we'd even stay like late after the game and play our own game after after watching because you're just kind of hyped up and excited after, you know, watching watching them play. So I still remember, yeah, like coming out of that locker room on the side of the building and then, you know, running down that little gauntlet of trees or everything like that and onto the field and having to hop over the the little step of the fence and just hoping that you didn't trip on it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I still remember it and how exciting it is and the cheers and, you know, family and friends being around. And yeah, like I grew up, you know, watching my cousin do that at a very young age and and then, you know watching all the other good players that came out of review as well as a, a young young guy. You're right. Like the town does really get behind, you know, they're especially the football team and a lot of the Royal sports, you know, I played for RHS hockey as well. And it was the same thing, like, you know, a good fan base. And a lot of my buddies that play football, they played basketball. And I remember all their spirits games and stuff like that. And all the families and crowds that would come into that as well and fill the gymnasium. So yeah, Ruby does a you know a great job of supporting the Royals, I think, and definitely you know was you know a fun you know two years that I got to play varsity. It, you know we I had a blast, a lot of memories I still you know carry, and and I tell a lot of people like high school football is probably the funnest time 
in your life. There's a whole lot less responsibility and pressure than there is when you continue moving on with it. So, you know, you're just out there having fun with your buddies. And I think that's the, the most special moments. So I can't imagine the support you felt, um, you know, like you said, you then get you get picked up by Edmonton first and uh, you've been with Winnipeg for how many years now? Uh, since 2017. Wow. But that feeling um, when you did go to Edmonton uh, from the get go, did you, you know, you find out and you and you come home for the first time after finding out that that uh, you're going to actually be playing in the CFL. I can't imagine that feeling around town when people know because Miracle Tree Day, I was working at Dairy Queen with uh, one of the boys that just got picked up by the NHL. And okay. people were coming in because they wanted their photo with him. And he was just like, he didn't want to look up at the camera. Like he was, still, <laughs> yeah. you know, he was still like, I don't want to say embarrassed, but it's that humble maritime. Like, yeah, yeah, that's like, it. it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. Yeah, definitely. Did you find that kind of support when, when you first made it? Oh, for sure. Like family and friends, obviously very excited, you know, former coaches and players a lot of people reached out and you know you, you definitely f- you felt that in the first you know year you come back or like that everyone's excited to see you and kind of share within the experience with you too because a lot of those people that are so free you know you, you know them and you've been around them and they're a huge part of it as well so you know that was yeah it was cool and and weird and yeah like I like the way you described like how that guy was feeling at Dairy Queen I mean I still feel that to this day. It's, you don't like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything special or out of the ordinary. And, and it kind of sets you back sometimes. You're just like, it's crazy to think. I mean, it's not crazy, but it's just humbling. Yeah. It's humbling that, you know, how many, how excited people get over, you know, and some people that you, you, you never knew, but they came from, you know, they come from the same town and they're happy, you know, that a you know, hometown boy is doing well. With Edmonton too, like I didn't, like I told you before, I didn't think I was going to make the team. I didn't know how I was going. Edmonton, I don't think expected me to make the team because I showed up and they didn't even know what position to put me at. And uh, I was like, like, oh, you're wherever you think you're going to make the team. I was like, okay. So I just kind of played a defensive back position that I'd played in university, which is now being in CFL is usually just for Americans. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it it's funny how it works out. Like it, even when they made the team in Edmonton, I uh, didn't know I was on the team because it's not like one of those scenarios where they they call you and say, "Hey, you made the team." It's if you don't hear anything, then you're probably you probably made the team. <laughs> and I didn't realize that. I was just kind of walking around like, "Do I go into meetings the next day?" Or what a weird situation. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Yeah, <laughs> my dad called me. He's like, "I think you made it." It's like I haven't heard anything. <laughs> no, I had to get in contact with like the football ops guy and like, am I, uh, am I good to come in? <laughs> you just alluded to the um, American position. So when you look you up, it does say like American, what does it say? American fullback? Is that what it's called? Canadian fullback. So, okay. Because I think like if you look up on Wikipedia and stuff or you Google, I think because they disassociate football with, with soccer. So like, they just still categorize it as maybe American football in some American places football. Gotcha. Yeah. because that's not, you know, to other people, football, soccer. Mm-hmm. So, that's a yeah. good point. Okay. So let's, yeah. um, let's talk about now you're like, you're in the CFL now and you like, you have this whole new life. You're living across the country. Um, mm-hmm. How did, how does that feel 
And how exciting was that? You were telling me earlier that you do come back and forth, like you do live here in the off season and what have you. Um, how does it feel when you're out West and away? And I imagine your schedule is just bonkers, training constantly. Yeah, no, the, the in the season is quite, quite jam-packed. And we have, you know, we only have a lot amount of time that we're allowed to be in the stadium technically under union rules. But most of the guys put in, way more hours than are expected of us with yeah training and rehabbing and uh, film prep and stuff like that so the season is quite hectic and stressful you maybe get a day off a week after a game but usually we still have to go in the morning for uh, like a rundown and film breakdown and stuff but yeah you know being out west and stuff it was an adjustment at the start uh, fortunately enough that my dad's uh, wife her brother who's originally from Irvine as well, was living out in St. Albert at the time. And they were gracious enough to take me in that year and show me hospitality and kind of got me familiar with the, you know, the city and stuff, which was uh, made the transition easier. I wasn't mm-hmm. kind of thrown into the fire of fending for myself right away. But yeah, no, that, that was really nice. But yeah, yeah, getting in the routine and stuff, it's, it's, the season's busy. So the off seasons are nice that we just get to come home and kind of enjoy, you know, family and friends and, and, you know, enjoy the air that, you know, that we love. So, you know, it's kind of funny earlier in this series, I talked with uh, John Godfrey who owns um, Homestead. I was like, Oh, so there's been some famous people in here, you know, alluding to like the Canadian pickers on the wall. And I can't pick, there's a picture of a band. I can't remember which one. And he was like, yeah, but Mike Miller comes in here all the time. And, and that was, that's really cool. And then he like, he starts like going on about how, how amazing you are. And he's like, he's got three championships, all this stuff. And I was like, you are the sweetest man. Uh, John, John's <laughs> such a beauty. Um, yeah. Our family goes there. We try to get there once a week. I think my dad goes almost every morning or every morning on the weekend. So he goes Saturday and Sunday. But yeah, we at least try to get there every when we're in the off seasons, at least once a week to every couple of weeks or something like that. But yeah, we know we love the homestead. So like we've said, Riverview people are really humble, but you you not only have the three Grey Cup championships, um, but you are also the all-time leader in career special teams tackles. And you hold the record for the most special team tackles in one game with seven of them. Did you know you were holding that? title or uh, I did yeah <laughs> the team yeah the team did a bunch of stuff for me when when I did break the record and it was awkward and uncomfortable but uh yeah they like made like t-shirts and they passed them around and I think someone made them and was trying to play it off like I made them and gave them to everybody yeah and uh my head coach actually like presented me with a goat skull actually which is yeah it's just kind of it was cool. Like, it was like, and that's coming from like our, our head coach, Michael Shea's like an all time Canadian, like absolute legend in the CFL as a player and a coach now. So, I mean, that was pretty cool, but yeah, no, definitely. Everyone kind of let me know about it and it was, you know, it's something I haven't really reflected too much on yet. I think everyone keeps telling me it was something you'll be, about once you're done playing but. with your championships i know then you get to bring the gray cup around correct so have you brought it to riverview two, okay. i did for two of them so for the very first one i did and um i touched base with some people around uh, the city and they uh, kind of helped out with like setting up uh, 
a tour with it and but you only get it for I think it's like a day and a half like you don't get a lot of time with it so we jam-packed one day with it we went all around we went to Hervey Middle School we went to the high school um, we went to Town Hall and then we brought it over to Moncton as well and did a few things over there um, and then we did it at the GMFA hut um, that evening and yeah so and that was a lot of that was really cool and it was really humbling again with how many people came out and were excited and supportive and yeah that was really cool the unfortunate thing with the last two times that I won it was like in the heat of COVID and stuff and we were supposed to bring it home in 19 and then everything basically hit at that point and they canceled it um so we didn't get the chance to do it that year and in 20, 2021 we did but everything was still kind of um locked down so i really only got to share it with family and friends that time which was was nice too but it would have been nice to still be able to get out in the community and share it with everyone as well mm-hmm. um so hopefully we can win another one where yeah. now things are calmed down and we can do it again <laughs> yeah I can't remember. I had seen another cup and they didn't allow you to touch it. They let me touch the gray cup. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, the old gray cup used to, it was pretty haggard, uh, which, which I liked, like, cause it like had a lot of like character and stuff. So you can just kind of like, by looking at it, look like, you know, like all the stories and stuff that guys had, like guys had a good time with it or whatever like that. And it's been, it's probably seen some things and been through it. So I used to love that. You used to have to like basically be careful picking it up because some of the things would cut you out like some of the plaques and stuff were poking out or whatever like that you know but they uh they just recently redid it so it's a little more sleek looking and not as haggard looking anymore which is cool too i suppose <laughs> give it a few yeah. years give it a few years yeah. it might be starting to look pretty beat up for sure <laughs> I do want to thank you for spending your time with me and talking about your really cool job that maybe almost didn't become a job. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't had I haven't had to grow up yet. So I keep telling my wife. I'm like Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Uh oh. I just think it's uh it's really cool. Like you said, you know, you were watching your cousin years ago playing and now you get to, and I'm sure that you probably don't, but you should consider the fact that there are a bunch of little people that are now watching you from, you know, the the GMFA watching you and going, holy crap, like someday I could be a Royal, someday I could be an Axeman, and someday I could be in the CFL just because I grew up in Riverview. Who knows? What's the chances, right? Just try your best and see what happens. Uh, anything's possible to come from a small town, like whatever, like that should limit, limit, limit you to to that i don't see myself as that you know person that's going to strive people to do that or whatever like that but i mean yeah if people have those aspirations they should go for it thanks for your time and uh we will all be rooting for you here on the east coast i appreciate it <laughs>